Welcome to Everything Pro Wrestling. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans, for the fans. And here's your host, Conrad Cushman. early 1990s was a great time to be a child. Remember the feeling when you were young, running through the aisle of your local toy store, or wishing for that present under the tree? That feeling is no longer in the past with the unofficial wrestling figure retrospective. It was a period of change for the WWF and also for the figures. Back when everyone was a superstar and became names you'd remember almost 30 years later. So read the book before it pins you one, two, three. All right, folks, welcome to Everything Pro Wrestling. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans, for the fans. And I am your host, Conrad Cushman, coming in at a different time today. And we are going to be talking about, as you guys can see on the screen here, the Royal Rumble 2020. And I have a very special guest with me today. It is a pro wrestling journalist, one of the finest that I know, Mr. Tom Collihue. Tom, how are you good, sir? I am I am good, sir. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, we're going to be talking about the Royal Rumble today, folks. So if this is your first time checking out the live stream, do me a favor. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you guys hit the subscribe button, you'll get to see some pretty cool new features that I've added onto the channel. So hopefully you guys get a chance to check that out. Also, make sure that you guys are subscribing to the channel, checking out all the links in the YouTube description. We've got links for powerslam.tv. You guys can get one free month if you use the code EPWSHOW. Also, we have a Royal Rumble pool going on in the Facebook group right now. We have 60 people already in there. If we can get another 30 people saying that they're willing to commit, I would be willing to open up a third pool for it. So let me know. We got some uh, gift cards on the line for that. And other than that, Tom, I think we're going to get ready to talk here about the Royal Rumble. Let's do it. Royal Rumble 2020. Going to be taking place at Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas. I'm trying to think of a cute way to insert a cheap shot because they got caught cheating. So hopefully there's no cheating at the Royal Rumble, you know, watching signals and everything else that's going on. But, um, yeah, this is going to be kind of a fun event. I like when they're in the baseball stadium a lot. Um, but what do you think of that field? They've been doing it the last year or two with baseball stadiums. It definitely has a, just an additional layer of atmosphere to it. I got really excited just watching Becky Lynch come out with the whole baseball stadium feel. So many people. It does feel sort of like WrestleMania light, but for so many people, this is the number two pay-per-view. This is such an exciting time to be at an event like this. So this is definitely the one you want to get in those massive stadiums. Yes, this is what kicks off the uh, road to WrestleMania. And... It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a tremendous event, and we are going to talk about it, give you the rundown, everything that's happening on here. I even have some things that I kind of want to speculate about uh, a little bit, so hopefully you're game for all of this. And live Always. chat, live chat, we got some good people in here right now, so big shout out to my man Obi-Wan, original Biggie, what's going on? Clay loves pro wrestling, good to see you in here, brother. 
uh, Thomas Polster. Hopefully you, you're enjoying us doing it at your time frame, Thomas. So uh, I hope you are enjoying this. PR Nightmare, good to see you in here on the early uh, morning for you usually. Eric Brennan in the house. Rockstar Savage. Connor knows wrestling. Connor, what's happening? Uh, RJ's in the house. What's going on, RJ? Uh, Tom's even in the chat. So if you got problems, you can message him. And we also have Rockstar Savage. What's going on, guys? Let's get into this, and I'll be reading some of the things going on in the chat throughout all of this. So, let's go. Oh, Mr. Floodwater's here now. What's going on, Flood? Good to have you in here all the way from across the pond in Ireland. And uh, Doug is in the house with his, hey, yo. What's going on, Doug? All right. Tom, before we get into this, I, I know we're going to talk Royal Rumble and everything with it, but I got to get something that's kind of leading into the Royal Rumble. WrestleMania. There's been lots of speculation. Is it going to a two-day event? Uh, would it be better if it's a two-day event? I kind of want your thoughts on this because I'm 50-50 on it. So what do you think of it? Well, if it's going to two-day, it's definitely not going two-day this year because, to be fair, it kind of already has. We've got NXT TakeOver just beforehand. And if you want to break down some of the matches from the main card, we end up with something like a 14-hour show when you factor in those two events together. It's very hard to find a day for that second time because you've got the Hall of Fame, you've got SmackDown, you've got Raw. It's all sandwiched together. Yes, I think WrestleMania is way too long. Not entirely sure a second day is the answer. Yeah, I mean, did you check out any of the New Japan stuff when they did it? I mean, any thoughts on oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I watched all of that. And the fact is, when it came to those two nights, they got less views on the second night. But more importantly, they had people working both nights. So I have to wonder, what was the point? There's only a couple of people who didn't work both shows. Whereas with WrestleMania, you won't have that element because they just want to close out the storylines. You won't have the build-up matches in the same way. I agree with that. It's, it's just so it's so tough. And like I said, this won't be happening for another Mania or two if they do decide to do that. I've heard good points made on both sides. I know Corey Graves brought it up on his uh, After the Bell podcast. So, just something I was interested in hearing from some people. Uh, let me see. Doug in the chat said if they could make two separate killer cards with it. Yeah, but that's tough, too. There's only so many people who are draws, Doug. That's that's a good point, but it's it's very tough to pull that off. Like, I don't think New Japan's going to do it again next year. I think they're going to go back to the uh, one-day format. I would agree with that. And you mentioned two killer cards. Imagine buying a ticket to WrestleMania but not getting the night where the Fiend is wrestling. Right, and then you got to, and then some people only want to see the main attraction. Uh, yep. Think, think about going back in the old days. Sure, you may have Hogan and Warrior on one card, but everybody's a Hogan fan for the most part, so they're gonna want to go to that versus, oh, it's all sold out. This is garbage. Uh, you know how people get with that type of stuff. Uh, let me see here. We got original Biggie saying, I think WrestleMania could be two days. Royal Rumble, I don't think so. Uh, Eric <laughs> Brennan says a two day would not work. I think because of the amount of content. Uh, hours for Mania in the week alone. Yes, they do have a lot of stuff happening, but Tom brought it up too, though, that NXT's already got their shows happening, guys. So I just wanted to bring up that two-day WrestleMania thing. It's kind of something that I'm going to always mess around with in my head because I don't have a 100% feeling on which way they could go with it. Um, and then Doug said, would tickets be for both shows? Mm. That's certainly a possibility. That's one way to mitigate that factor. But you have to wonder as well, there are so many other events happening at WrestleMania weekend that all 
the, the entire wrestling community comes together and builds around it. How much are you blocking? And what's the temptation to have both shows be seven or eight hours long just to fit more people on the card? Yeah, that's a good point. Gino Morgan says if they don't make a two-day event, they need to cut some of the time out. That is the biggest problem, Gino Morgan, and I agree with that. Uh, when I do my WrestleMania reviews, you guys see it. I am drained. I usually have a party, too, and I'm hosting, and we're, we're ordering food or making food, and I'm like, dude, I am so tired by the end of year. Like, dude, this dude looks like he's going to melt like in the middle of the screen of the review, and you're just so tired. And then sometimes I feel like the main event matches or the matches towards the end of the card aren't getting their just due because I'm like, okay, get this over with. Let's go. I want to go to bed. Uh, King Savage says, keep all jobbers off of the WrestleMania card. No 24-7 champion. Um, let's see. Some people say they're getting technical difficulties, but it, I would hope not. I don't see why. Everything looks fine on my end. Um... Here, let's see. As regards the uh, the idea of keeping jobbers off, I'll, I'll let you focus on that while I answer this question. The, the idea of uh, keeping jobbers off, I know it's, it's like a bit of an uncouth way to say it, but I do understand what you're saying. The idea that maybe we could trim the fat a little bit, not give everyone the WrestleMania payday, look at things like um, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal as an example, maybe something that we don't need on the WrestleMania card. Maybe look at some of the non-title matches that may be planned. For example, if we have Owens versus Rollins as non-title, is that a match we need? You have to ask that question. And you know there are some people who are going to be upset that maybe Rusev's not going to be on the card. Maybe other people who've got a good push, like an Alistair Black and Ricochet. It's going to be very hard to juggle that and choose who you define as a jobber. Hmm. Very excellent points. Um, I think Malik came in here, Narcolepsy Boy 94, Boogeyman, the winner of the 2020 Rumble. Malik, you can see yourself out for saying that. Uh, John L. Jackson said, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? Good, sir. Good to have you in here. Uh, some people say the stream's working fine for them. They said they had to refresh. I don't know, but on my end, guys, it says excellent connection. So if you ha have the opportunity, refresh it real quick. Come on back in. Show me some love. My man Tom is in the house, and we're, we haven't even started talking about the event yet, so we'll give you some time for that. And we're going to speculate on one more match for this card because I kind of want to see it personally on the card. Tom, you've been seeing the pre-shows, the back and forth with the Revival. There's a lot of rumors circulating. Are the Revival leaving the WWE? Are they just trying to get more money? Are they staying? We don't know the insights of it, but the Revival have been having this pre-show kind of war with Booker T. Do we see the Revival versus Harlem Heat? They're in Houston. There's no better time or place to do it, in my opinion. What do you think? Well, it's hard to say because I feel if they were doing it, they'd have announced it quite significantly earlier. We've heard a lot from The Revival, from Booker T. They've not really engaged since TLC. But you look at the trademarks that have been made by the WWE, the trademarks that have been made by The Revival, to just something as a foot. What I'm waiting to hear from, what I'm waiting to hear, I should say, is something from Stevie Ray because... You can't have Harlem Heat, but only have one of the wrestlers who are in that tag team. So we need to hear from him. At the same time, I think there may be a little bit of temptation on WWE side to dangle that as the carrot, as it were. Sign the new contract, we'll give you this big match. Sign the new contract, we'll give you this huge moment, potentially, in front of all these people at the Royal Rumble. There are a lot of possibilities. From what I'm hearing, the Revival are likely to sign again. 
The WWE are very confident with the contract offer they have made. Whether or not this happens, we'll have to wait and see. But I think the fact that they are kayfabing it and turning it into an on-screen storyline is very telling. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it reminds me of the situation with Carl uh, Anderson and Luke Gallows a lot. Everybody thought they were going to sign and maybe go to AEW or New Japan again. And right when you think that they're going to, nope, they signed the contracts. Because there's a lot of money on the table, and it's hard to turn that down, especially if you have a family and you're from the United States. Do you really want to go work somewhere else? Uh, it's true. And you usually get little signs when a contract is about to be signed or is being signed. Because it's not just about the money. You will often have conversations where the management will talk to wrestlers about, okay, here's how we're going to push you. The idea of Harlem Heat might be the start of that and might be that temptation. Right. Uh, One of the big things I've been hearing is that the Revival want a focus on the tag team division. And looking at Monday Night Raw, we just saw last night, spoiler alert, if you didn't see it, you may want to cover your ears for a second. But we saw new tag team champions crown with Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, which seemed kind of odd that they would do that. But there's only really a couple main tag teams on the Raw brand. Uh, It's been something that's been struggling a little bit. And I think if you combined all the teams from both shows, you'd have an excellent tag division. I would agree with that. The SmackDown tag division in particular is very powerful right now. To the point where there's some teams beating, for example, you, you don't see them. The last time we saw them, they were getting beaten up by Tyson Fury. But when you look at some of the talent, you've got New Day, you've got the Usos, you've got the Revival, you've got Heavy Machinery, just basic like that. Then you've now got the Miz and John Morrison who are back as a team. You look at Raw, you've got Viking Raiders, you've got Authors of Pain. You start to struggle after that. There are tag teams. You've got Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, for example. And you you can make tag teams, but we still keep going back to this Seth Rollins and. We have Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman, and now we're at Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Not a bad thing for Buddy Murphy by any stretch of the imagination, but it's still uh, always going back to that one man and whoever he's teaming with at the time. Hmm. So we're, we're going to do some uh, predictions too here, Tom. So if the Revival did face Harlem Heat at this event, who would you take and for being the winner, we'll say? I think Booker T would work very hard to make sure the Revival win that match. I don't think the match will happen without the Revival coming out the winner. I can uh, I can hear you on that. I'm going to just pick Harlem Heat as the favorite just to further develop this storyline that they've been doing. So we'll go opposite on that one. Um, and I'm writing all these down, too, so I can brag later on, maybe on Twitter, if uh, depending on how these go. Let's start with the actual card, though. Uh, first match I have written down here for us to talk about is Sheamus versus Shorty G. I absolutely hate saying that name for the record, too, guys. I hate I agree. him. He, he looks like he went to a, a little kid basketball store and got, like, the generic jersey and shorts. I just don't like this gimmick. But it's good to see Sheamus back in uh, in old form, we'll say. If you look at SmackDown and you watch it, you would think you're watching 2011 SmackDown because some of the looks have changed back with Daniel Bryan, Sheamus, John Morrison's back on there. It's kind of wild, man, but uh, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm glad Sheamus is back. I wish he had his old theme, but uh, give your thoughts on this, Tom. What do you think of Sheamus versus Shorty G, the feud, and what they've been doing? Well, Seamus said in the BT Sport launch party that we had here in the UK in the midweek that he actually wanted the original theme back himself. 
So fingers crossed they do manage to find a way to make that happen. As regards Shorty, as regards Chad Gable, he's a very, very talented wrestler. Unfortunately, there are incredible amounts of very, very talented wrestlers. You have to have something else as a hook to connect with. You have to have something else. What they've chosen is not my favorite way of doing it, but it is at least a way of doing it. So it's a start. With Sheamus just coming back, he's got to win this one. And it's a shame for Chad Gable. He could be doing so much more, I feel. But at the moment, they just don't seem to have anything for him. SmackDown's quite formulaic. We've got so many people now having be, having returned who need a push. It's an awkward time to be on SmackDown. Yeah, it's it's real tough, too. I think Shorty G or Chad Gable. I'm, I can't with this anymore. Let's stick with Chad Gable. Yeah. yeah, Chad Gable, to me, stood out a lot in the King of the Ring tournament. I was very happy to see him get the push. In my opinion, I've been saying this since his NXT days. To me, Chad Gable was the Kurt Angle of that tag team. He was the one who I said, I'm pushing him. He's the guy, he's funny, he can articulate, and he can wrestle. And you can tell he does his homework as f- when it comes to wrestling. He does a lot of moves that I saw that the Steiner brothers would do. Uh, Chad Gable is amazing, but if you're going to predict this one, you got to go with Sheamus for the win. I see him just bro-kicking him to oblivion, and uh, Sheamus picks up the win here. Sheamus needs the push, and hopefully they can actually do something with Sheamus and get the ball rolling with him again uh, as a singles competitor. Uh, and like you said, I would love to see him get his theme back. And let's see what the chat is in here saying. I see a lot of fellas being written in here from people. Uh, lots of Seamus fans. PR Nightmare says Seamus is still one of my faves. Uh, Rockstar Savage says he doesn't care for this match. And he needs to stay a dominant heel from PR Nightmare again. Uh, so we're both going to say Seamus on that one? Yeah, we'll, we'll both say Seamus. I do agree that when you've got a potential dominant heel like Seamus... He needs to stay that way and really embed. But there is a real lack of faces in the SmackDown top level right now. Yeah. Hopefully he can turn it around because I didn't mind Sheamus when he was a top level face back in, I want to say it was 2011, 2012-ish. I thought he did a good job with it. Yeah, he, he got a pretty solid push after he essentially mauled Daniel Bryan in seconds. So he, he got a good push out of that. He was moderately popular, but there was a lot of dodgy match um, stipulations on that one banning him from kicking it he, he got dragged down a little bit so hopefully he gets a clear run this time yes uh, let's get into the next match I want to talk about here the falls count anywhere match so we have a match up here that Roman Reigns got to pick the stipulation after winning a tables match against Bobby Roode on Smackdown it's falls count anywhere I know a lot of people thought it was going to be the uh, dog food match who's going to eat the puppy chow woof woof but we didn't get any of that uh, Roman Reigns versus King Corbin here this is a tough one this is one of the ones I kept going kind of back and forth on who was going to win this um, but to a lot of people I know there's a lot of Roman Reigns haters out there bro Roman Reigns has done nothing wrong since he's come back. The guy has not really been pushed all like that. He's been in like kind of these upper mid-card feuds for the most part. Sometimes he wins. He's been putting over a lot of people too. I don't really see the complaints about them. And King Corbin, I'm going to say it, one of the best heels in wrestling right now. I think he does a great job getting the heat on himself. I know a lot of people are going to probably flame me for saying that, but... I don't know, Tom. I'm kicking it to you, man. What do you think of this uh, matchup here? 
First off, I have to completely echo your sentiments there. I'm a huge Baron Corbin fan. He's such a classical heel. And I, I don't know why, but I really enjoy watching him grill meat. I, I don't know why that's a thing. <laughs> Roman Reigns, I came back into wrestling not long after the breakup of The Shield, not long after the WrestleMania main event started. And I, I didn't understand why people hated him. I still don't entirely understand why people hate him. But we are where we are. Some people do. When it comes to this match, the stipulation is very confusing because what you've basically just said is that everyone can now be involved. Falls Count Anywhere adds that hardcore element. So many people, and we know how many people can get involved. We've got the Usos, we've got Dolph Ziggler, we've got Bobby Roode. So there are a lot of things that can happen, including potentially more people in Camp Corbin, as it were. We'll have to see in that regard. In this one, I think the winner is going to be the same person who's won every single time these two have tangled now. And that would be Baron Corbin. Ooh, see, I went back and forth on this, too. I'm going to put my logic kind of into this one, Tom. Uh, when I saw it, I I basically viewed this as the... I, I always call it like the Shawn Michaels-Owen Hart feud. I don't know how old school of a fan you are. But there's always that heel that is in your way until you get to WrestleMania for your match. And I feel like Corbin's going to be in his way for the next pay-per-view or two still. And they got to figure out a way to continue this uh, feud while it's going on. And Corbin winning would make sense, but I've also felt like with the stipulation of false count anywhere, the Usos are back. You can't have the Usos really look weak if they're helping Roman Reigns versus uh, Ziggler and Rude and whoever else decides to help them in this. Uh, you've got a lot to mess with in this. I took Roman Reigns just because I said maybe they do end the feud here and they give him something else to do, but in my heart of hearts, I feel like Corbin's going to continue on and possibly... Uh, go against Roman for something on the line later on at the next pay-per-view. I completely agree with that. All right, guys. We've talked enough about the singles matches and stuff. I want to talk about a Royal Rumble right now. So uh, we have the women's Royal Rumble here. And I want to talk about surprises and everything else. Um, how, how do you feel about the two Rumble format first time? Well, it's been a, a while to get used to because I have a, a, a certain drinking game that I play with my friends when they come around to watch the Royal Rumble, whereby there's three of us, we pick numbers, so it's ten numbers each, and every time the person who corresponds to that number is eliminated, we have a shot. So when it was one Rumble, that was ten shots, and it was difficult. Now there are two Rumbles, and I never remember the second Rumble. I have to go back and watch the next day. It's especially awkward considering I've live-tweeted the whole thing. So, in that regard, quite difficult. But, to be honest, if they break it down right, which they did last year, then you have that time to, to blow off steam. I do think last year they should have moved the tag team match away from where it was until after the Women's Royal Rumble so that you don't get that um, AJ Styles-Daniel Bryan cool-down match. They put on a great match but nobody was really paying attention because they just had all of that with Becky Lynch. Maybe last year the women should have main evented. Yeah, you got it. You have to strategically put these matches in the right place, and sometimes certain people are just going to get that reaction and people's attention, and they're going to figure out... That's how I felt with that Daniel Bryan-AJ match. They kind of, like, diverted from where they, they wanted to like that match, but they were like, ah, this is the one I can't pay attention to right now because we still got another Rumble coming up. Exactly. Um, now, as far people are giving their opinions in here, hold on real quick. 
Uh, I'm I'm still laughing at some of the King Corbin stuff. Uh, Flood, I'm okay with the Corbin stuff, and I'm pretty sure Tom is too from the way we were talking about it. They asked if we were sick of that feud. Um, yeah, so Women's Rumble, let's stick on that for now. Do you see anybody as a surprise in this? Uh, Dark Horse is your favorite, Tom. I'm going to let you start this one off. What do you think? If we're going surprises, I think we're going to see Kaylee Ray. As an example, I do think we're going to see some NXT UK talent, possibly Tony Storm. I would hope we're going to see Beth Phoenix because I think that's a great tease. I think she'd actually be a very good winner. Moving on to a feud with Becky Lynch, there's a bit of history there. They could easily reignite it, and I think she'd be a very good fit for a match. So I think that's maybe a surprise we'll get, but I think by and large NXT will provide most of the surprises. We could see some more names from the past... Uh, Michelle McCool as an example she could be someone that we might see but when it comes to female surprises there's not that strong a board to look to we could have absolute surprises for example Scarlett Bordeaux but I think that's a bit too far I would like to see Rhea Ripley in again I think she had a great showing last year and that's when she really started her ascent when it comes to the winners I've said for a few weeks now who I believe is going to win and that will be Shayna Baszler with Sasha Banks as an outside chance. Okay, I'm going to echo that now. I'm calling now my pick. All my picks are written down beforehand, just for the record. I have Shayna Baszler as my pick as well for who is going to win this. Uh, but my dark horse kind of pick that I was thinking about would be if Ronda Rousey shows up, I think we're going to get that one-on-one match that we sh- probably could have gotten. Some people really wanted it last year. Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch is a matchup that I think a lot of people still kind of want to see. Um, I see a lot of people in the chat. Let me see what we've got in here. So, PR Nightmare says Rhea Ripley wins. Uh, Malik Murray says Shayna Baszler or Sasha Banks for the win. Rockstar Savage says Sasha Banks should win the Rumble. It's her time. Uh, we got Shayna. Somebody put F Sasha. Uh, Clay loves pro wrestling. Put wouldn't be surprised if Charlotte took home the win here. Charlotte's kind of in the in the weeds a little bit. I I feel like Charlotte is going towards the story of the women's tag titles for WrestleMania. Completely agree with you there. I think now is a good time for Charlotte to be in the weeds a little bit because she's been involved at the top level for a long time. She needs a little time of maybe a bit less pressure. She's still a human being. She still needs a bit of chance to cool off as it were and yeah i think the tag titles is more likely i do think we're going to see a four corners at wrestlemania for the tag titles champions kabuki warriors and then a raw team a smackdown team and an nxt team i would like that actually that doesn't sound too bad uh rockstar savage brought up a good surprise here aj lee what do you think about that tom could aj lee pop up in this and uh make some noise to quote a uh, favored theme i think there is no chance in hell (laughs) <laughs> I would love to see it happen as well, Rockstar, but I don't think so. I, I just don't. And I know we're going to be talking a little bit more about someone close to her heart probably here in a few, but I don't see that happening. Um, so I guess we're both all right here with the Shayna Baszler for the win. This seems like the layup of the two Rumbles, in my opinion. Like that's I, More than likely, that's what's going to happen here. You just want to see how it plays out. Yeah, I would agree with that. Rumbles in general, the the winners obviously matter going into WrestleMania and everything that happens afterwards. But with the women's as a, a lovely question mark because you could easily have Sasha win and then Shayna attack Becky the next night. Becky versus Asuka really plays into this, which is why I think that will probably happen before the Rumble match. 
Um, so I, I feel it plays into that depending on the winner there because if Becky doesn't win, there are numerous other possibilities. If Ronda does return, which I personally haven't heard anything about, um, that would definitely be a match that could happen. But I think storyline-wise, the story right now is that Becky Lynch is collecting checks from anyone who she hasn't been able to beat. Asuka is the only person left on that roster that she has not been able to beat. Now, there's a possibility we might see a Nia Jack surprise here. Mm. She's certainly close to full fitness, and that's the storyline they could go with. They have history. It'll get a lot of heat. But what I think is going to happen is that Becky's going to get a brand new challenger, and that is Shayna Baszler. I think Becky has been in need of uh, some really good challengers, too, uh, recently. I feel like there's not a lot of people on her level, as bad as that may sound, um, to where she reached main eventing WrestleMania. She's held the title for almost a year at this point. Uh, She's doing great things. Uh, We'll have to see. Nia Jax would be a nice surprise, too. I'm a big Nia Jax fan. I know a lot of people always give her kind of a lot of stuff for it, but I like Nia Jax, personally. I think she's done a good job, and she would be an awesome monster heel for Becky to try to take down as well. It's not my first option, but I could see it happening. Absolutely. Completely agree. It's at least a fresh face. I'm not sure she'll be fit to return for the Rumble, but I'm confident we'll see her return leading into WrestleMania. So we've had, uh, what's going on, Nolara? Uh, we had somebody say Tony Storm could be the person to win. Uh, let's see here. Uh, someone was not a fan of that comment, I guess. Uh, Ronda wins if she comes back. If not, uh, Narcolepsy Boy 94 says it's going to be Sasha or Baszler. Some people are hoping for Asuka two belts, and some people are throwing their hands up saying yes for Nia Jax. I like it. Everything Pro Wrestling, it's your boys. From the Everything College Basketball Podcast and Facebook group, I'm Josh Burton, letting you all know that if you like the college game, that there's only one spot to come find all you need to know. Yep, Josh, Peyton, and myself, Tyler, we are the three voices of ECB Podcast and Facebook group. Peyton, tell them where they can uh, find us and listen to us at. Well, Tyler, you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and all other podcast hosting sites. Also, go join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups like everything college basketball. So if you want everything you need to know about the collegiate game or have a passion for it, there's only one spot that you need to check out on a weekly basis or a daily basis with the Facebook group. That's everything college basketball. Now let's get back to Conrad informing you on everything pro wrestling and the workings around it. Brother. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Let's move on to the uh, women's championship matches. Let's talk about the SmackDown one first here. The SmackDown women's championship match will be Bayley, the current champion, taking on Lacey Evans, getting a new push. Um... This is a rough one for me. I'm still not feeling the uh, the Lacey Evans push as much as other people. I feel like it's very forced, and I don't like the, how do I want to put it, the military kind of political backing of it. 
Uh, and I saw some backlash today for some of the things that she was writing about it. I get that it's part of her character, but uh, a lot of women who are independent more so, we'll say, uh, were not in support of some of the things she was writing. So this could backfire on them. They want to tread lightly with this, I feel. They want her to get over as a face. But I will say it's working. Some of the things you can complain about and have all this hoopla, I don't like it. I don't like uh, Lashley and Lana and Rusev angle. At the end of the day, you have to admit when something's working, and that angle is working. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but it works. Um, Tom, what do you think of the SmackDown women's title scene with this one? The SmackDown women's scene in general is a bit all over the place at the minute. You have a very clear top card, and then quite a big gap between the rest of it. And you look at talent like Alexa Bliss, who were told you're not going to be in championship contention. And that's allowed her to have some time off and people like Nikki Cross to get a push. Now you've got what's going on with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. I would love to see them more involved. I'd love to see more of Carmella. But at this point, they are definitely trying to work hard to push Lacey. And she's going to be a huge face. I know she divides a lot of opinion. But when you're in, in America and they give you the America, yeah, Team America sort of push, it's going to work. There is no disputing that. Even when she was a heel and she was still walking up and down from the ramp. I was confident when she turns face, she will be huge just because of that military background. She's in America. They love that. The crowds are already starting to chant her name. It's going to happen. As regards the match, I really don't see her winning. I think this is a very temporary feud to build her up a little bit, but I think she was a bit last minute choice for SmackDown. I think she was put there to kill a bit of time leading towards what is the money match, and that is Sasha Banks against Bailey. Mm. I see. Mr. Floodwater says he's very bored of Bailey. I could see why. I could see why. I'm I'm a big Bailey fan. I love all of the four horsewomen, but I could one hundred percent agree with why. Uh PR Nightmare says he's got Bailey over Lacey. Uh me as well, PR Nightmare. I agree with you on that. Uh, Rockstar Savage says Lacey's not winning. Bailey is going to carry this match. Ooh, harsh. Original Biggie, if you if you have never seen any of my shows, Tom, Original Biggie has some pretty funny nicknames for people. So if this is your first time watching, uh, Lacey Evans, when she was a heel, was always called the Harlot from since her debut with him. So he said the Harlot is not winning. They should use her background um, in the military right from the beginning and had her like this. Um, Clay Loves Pro Wrestling says Bailey goes over from some involvement with Sasha. See, I think that the the long story here is that Lacey Evans is eventually going to get to the point to where she challenges for the title again. The question is just how do they do this? Um, I feel like Bailey gets the win here with help from Sasha, and then she has to overcome Sasha, then Bailey, to uh, finally get her big WrestleMania moment for her family, her kids. You know, that's the that's the storyline with all of this. Um, I got Bailey taking the W here for this one. I also have Bailey. I don't think Lacey Evans will be on the main WrestleMania card. Ooh, unless she could factor in as a tag partner though for Charlotte, because I still cannot wrap my head around who would be Charlotte. Wrong brand, huh? Wrong brand. <sighs> Can't, aren't the Natalia. women's tag titles interchangeable on the brands? No, but the tag teams aren't. Ah, uh, see. Uh, if there's a partner for Charlotte, it would be Natalia. Hashtag what draft? I don't know. I can't. I can't with this. I get so confused. <laughs> that makes sense though, because I could have swore Matt. I don't know. Matt Hardy was on SmackDown. Now he's on Raw. I get confused with this. 
That's why I swear I'm going to put out a shirt that says what draft or whatever on it. What brand split. It'll sell. Yeah. So let's talk about the Raw Women's title. Now, a lot of people are invested in this one. Uh, I loved this match last year. I really remember it. And this one stood out to me as one of the better matches on the card. Uh, we got Becky Lynch, the champion, versus Asuka, the current one half of the women's tag team champions of the Kabuki Warriors for the Raw Women's title. Asuka has the opportunity to become Asuka Two Belts here. Um, I'm glad that they told this story. I really hope that WWE wasn't just going to wince past this story with this big opportunity that they have here with uh, Asuka being able to beat Becky last year, forcing Becky Lynch to tap out. I really like the fact that it's bothering Becky. Even though she's the champion, she's coming in more like the underdog in this. Like, oh, you can't do this to me. I need this match. And uh, she wants to prove it to herself before she gets to Mania that she needs to beat her. Uh, What do you think of this, Tom? I think there's a couple of elements here that really inform my prediction. Firstly, as you've just said, Asuka is really looking great. Becky's looking like the underdog. That does not say good things for Asuka's chances in this match because they're trying to put her over and over and over and then there will be a short, sharp stop, unfortunately. There is also the tag title to consider. If Asuka goes into WrestleMania as a women's champion, then the tag titles don't get defended. That's not really something they can do. They've already done a lot of damage to those titles since their inauguration. There is also uh, the the one-year anniversary. And soon, Elimination Chamber. I'd imagine they're going to do something for those titles at that time, so the Kabuki Warriors are going to be needed there. There's also the fact that you don't have a match like this at the Royal Rumble. When you look at the story they've got, they're building it as this is the one person I've never been able to defeat. This is not the match you have at the Royal Rumble. That's the match you have at WrestleMania. So I suspect Becky will overcome the challenge and then move on to the new challenge as we previously discussed. I don't see why Asuka wins this. Uh, I'm one. I think everybody in the chat has to kind of agree that she's got to overcome Asuka. It's the story that they're developing here. Um, yeah. I, I really have nothing else to say about this. Becky Lynch should be going into WrestleMania as the champion. The question is, does she leave WrestleMania as the champion? But uh, as far as I know... Did you she, want me to answer that? Oh, no. We'll save that time. <laughs> we, I may need you for my WrestleMania preview show. Uh, uh-huh. Let me see here. I, I, no filter Derek. Where is he at? He's at work. <laughs> we, you'll catch him for the AEW review when we do it on Wednesday. Uh Mr. Floodwater has a question for us. He said it's a side question. What happened to no more auto rematches? Hashtag Rey Mysterio. I'm, Tom, I'm going to give that one to you because I've asked the same question. There are no more auto rematches, but you've got to remember there's still someone booking the card and they might want to rematch. There you go. Simple answer. Uh, oh, PR Nightmare is saying that he now just remembered Ruby Riot returns at the Rumble potentially. Potentially, yes, she'd get a, a nice pop, but uh, I don't think she'd be that involved in the finish of the match, as it were. Uh, it would be nice to have her reintroduced. She'd be a good mid-level heel, as she has been, essentially, since she was called up. She's always been the number two heel in any division, and I think that's potentially someone that we could see involved in a tag title match. Oh, some people are saying that they pick Ruby Riot to be involved with uh, Rollins's group that doesn't have a name yet. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Ruby Riot's really good on the mic. I would love to see her in a better role. I would actually prefer, though, if they kept her out of the Rumble and maybe wait until the night after Mania. Just because she'll get more shine that way and then she could kind of be a bigger deal. 
I agree with that. We got to talk about the strap match. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a yappa pie strap match, but uh, we got a strap match with uh, the fiend Bray Wyatt defending his Universal Championship against Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan looking like 2011 Daniel Bryan. Short hair, beard cut down. I like it. We get something different here with this. And these two had a banger of a match. If you guys want to look in your old archives to get you hyped up for the Rumble, go back and find their match from, was it 2014? It was 2014. 2014 Royal Rumble. Daniel Bryan, Bray Wyatt, really good chemistry. And I'm hoping that we get to see that here. And hopefully the Fiend character isn't too powerful with this. They've been teasing that there's something that gives the Fiend power. We wonder what it is. I think I have a a clue in my head as to what it is. It's something that we all don't like that we complain about every week when I do a review about the matches. But, Tom, what do you think of this match? Well, number of elements to that. When you talk about what gives the Fiend his power, it's not the red light. Mm. A lot of people are theorizing it's the red light. It's not the red light. I wrote a report just after SummerSlam saying that some elements of the Fiend's presentation were going to be changing. It got me a bit of flack from Bray Wyatt himself, but the red light and the way we've seen more from Bray Wyatt and not always the Fiend and the way he was disappearing for long periods, it definitely came true. When it comes to the Fiend, it's the mask. It's very much the mask. When they can take the mask off of the Fiend, suddenly you're left with Bray Wyatt. This is a multiple personality issue. The lack of Sister Abigail has meant that Bray Wyatt is exposed. He has no leadership, he has no direction. So he's created this new Fiend persona to guide him and protect him. When the mask goes, the Fiend goes. The Fiend right now is a favorite to main event WrestleMania. Daniel Bryan, God bless him, has not got a chance here. I don't know why this trap's even involved because all that means is that the Fiend is going to be able to drag you so much closer and probably drag you under the ring just as easily. It's a, it's an interesting one, but I think this match is mostly to keep Daniel Bryan out of the Royal Rumble. Yes, I think Daniel Bryan's uh, in this too. I think this is kind of a speed bump for what I plan on he's going to be doing. Uh, I see Daniel Bryan and Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania. Like, you guys are getting some early thoughts on some of this stuff, so that's who I see him possibly facing. You get that kind of big money matchup, and it could kind of kick off the card, I feel, for a mania. Um, That's where I see Daniel Bryan heading for that. Um, As far as Bray Wyatt goes, that's an interesting thing to uh, point out there because a lot of people haven't really thought of what if The Fiend lost his mask. I didn't think of that, Tom, so that's a very good point here. That's why you guys should follow him on Twitter. All the links are in the description for Tom as well if you guys haven't checked those out already. But um, let's see here. Oh, we're getting some questions in the chat. Uh, (laughs) Clay Loves Pro Wrestling said, hashtag ban the red lights. Mr. Floodwater wants to know, do you not think The Fiend is way too overpowered, like crazy overpowered? Absolutely I do. But this is why I feel there will be a moment at which all that power is stripped away. They have moments like this with a lot of people. Braun Strowman is a perfect example. He defeated six people, sorry, no, he defeated five people in an elimination chamber back to back. He had a Survivor Series match where he eliminated four people. He was ridiculously overpowered, and now they're in a very difficult situation because they've got to bring him down to Shinsuke Nakamura's level. Whereas previously, you have him against Brock Lesnar, it looks ridiculous when Brock wins so easily because he's been built up too high. You can very easily have someone built up too high 
especially when you have that element that anyone who faces a fiend has that moment where everything changes. They can't lean into this too much because does that mean Roman Reigns turns heel? That can mean so many different things. So I do think he's overpowered, but at the same time, if it is something as simple as when you remove the mask, all that power goes away, there's a story to it. I think it'll be very similar to a lot of old Greek mythology. When you expose someone, when you show them a mirror of themselves, it breaks them. Ooh, good point. You know Vince McMahon loves his Greek mythology, if you've been watching for a long time. Even look at some of the names of his old wrestlers, Hercules, uh, the Warlord. You can, you can go through all of that stuff for yourselves, guys. But uh, I got The Fiend winning, just like you said, Tom. Uh, I think we're both in agreement with that. We, we seem to agree on most of these, for the yeah. most part, for the uh, Royal Rumble. As far as Daniel Bryan, what do you see him doing at Mania? Because someone in the chat here, who was it? I want to give you proper credit. Narcolepsy Boy 94 said, rumors are Bryan versus Bray versus Roman at Mania for the Universal title. I can say exactly where this rumor has come from. It's from a fake leaked WrestleMania lineup, which showed this match. It's from a doctored version of the WrestleMania lineup that CM Punk posted. There is uh, no truth to this rumor as far as I'm aware. It should be a one-on-one match from everything that I'm hearing. And I am with you. Daniel Bryan will likely be facing Shinsuke Nakamura. I like it. I like it. Well, the time has come, folks. To talk about the men's Royal Rumble match, there's a lot of interesting things to talk about with this one. Uh, I'd love to hear if anybody in the chat's got kind of thoughts, rumors, I will be checking in with you guys. Surprise appearances, who do you want to see pop up if they do any of them? I feel like this is going to be one of those years where Vince doesn't give you any surprise appearances other than NXT. I mean, it's not really necessary. There's not too many people that you would really, like, you hear, sometimes people are clamoring for a person, but I can't really see too many people. It's not like anybody wants to see Sylvain Grenier come out and make an appearance in the Royal Rumble, but um, Men's Rumble, we got Brock Lesnar at number one here. Um, What do you think of that, Tom? I think it's, um, I think there's a very clear plan in place for this. I think they are working very hard right now to make Brock Lesnar as hated as possible. And you've seen this in a lot of Royal Rumbles. If they want someone to get a big pop, they build up a heel. It's why Roman Reigns came in at number 13 in 2016, because they were worried Randy Orton wouldn't get a cheer at the end of it because you had Lesnar and Goldberg and The Undertaker. They had to guarantee him a cheer. Same time the next year, you had Roman at the end against Nakamura because anyone who eliminates Roman gets cheered. So what I suspect will happen is that we won't have a classical Iron Man this year. What we'll have is, say, for the first seven to ten entrants, they'll come in. There'll be real fan favourites. There'll be people like R-Truth. There'll be people like Elias. It'll be a proper fan favourites like that who are really getting positive attention. And they will be eliminated very quickly by Brock Lesnar. Then I think he'll come up against maybe a bit of a roadblock, let's say a Keith Lee. And what will happen at the end of it there, I've just seen it in the chat, and I'm sorry, but there's an element of this. After Keith Lee is eliminated, probably by Brock Lesnar, and people really hate Brock Lesnar, Cain Velasquez will then eliminate him, building up to a WrestleMania match. Velasquez has, of course, confirmed that he will be in the Royal Rumble. He confirmed that in midweek for the BT launch. I can definitely see that happening. It is definitely what I'm hearing is happening. They are trying again with another bite of this cherry. 
we I've got another person in the chat saying that all I know is they better give me Matt Riddle versus Brock Lesnar in the ring uh, alone at the same time. Do you see that being one of the hated ones as well? It's definitely possible. Triple H alluded to this in conversations before NXT TakeOver, where he said that it, when it comes to NXT talent in the Royal Rumble, he produces a list of talent and a list of potent, potential big moments that they could have with those talent. He p- pointed out one key obvious example, and that was Matt Riddle. So that is someone we can confidently say Triple H has requested in the Rumble, and the moment that was in question is, of course, 